Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Five, four, three, two, one. We are go for episode number five. You can check out the previous four online. Thank you for tuning in to Wintry Mix. My name is Alex Kaufman. I'm your host. We are recording to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio in Colchester. I'm here with the intern, Drew. How's it going, guys? There he is. We have some house cleaning before we get started. Uh, my voice is terrible today. My kids gave me another cold. I sound a bit like a hungover Joan Rivers. Drew, do you know who that is? No, I don't, I don't think I know who Joan Rivers is. Are you, I, a, are you a millennial? I am. Oh, man. Do you know who George Carlin is? I, you know, I, I've heard of the name before, but I couldn't put the name to the face. Richard, Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor, nope. Nothing. Okay, let's move on. Um, we don't need to go further down that rabbit hole. Um, another piece of house cleaning we need to let you know about is that today's guest is Jen Gorecki, who is the CEO and founder of Coalition Snow, which is uh, skis and snowboards for women by women. Uh, but we're going to be talking to her from our other venture, which happens to be located in Kenya. Uh, so there'll be a little bit of uh, that normal delay that sometimes you hear when CNN is talking to somebody on the other side of the globe. Uh, we'll do our best to manage it as we go, but just to let you know that it's coming. And uh, Drew, why don't you get us started with some information? Yeah, so uh, Kenya is roughly the same size as Texas. And um, after coffee, the largest income comes from tourism in Kenya. But the locals don't actually drink the coffee. They prefer room temperature beer and tea. I did not know that. Room, I guess maybe if, if the temperature is warm, you don't really want hot tea. Do you not enjoy uh, room temperature beer? I'm sure I have before. All right, Millennial. What, what, do you have something else? Uh, let's see here. We got 155 chairlifts at Tahoe's top 10 resorts. 155 chairlifts. I don't think there's that many chairlifts in Kenya. No, I don't think there's any chairlifts in Kenya. All right, we'll talk to Jen about that. We'll be right back here on Wintry Mix with Jen Gorecki from Coalition Snow. What an enormous spin. We could do a commercial while this is going good. Make a little extra money. 70 cents. This episode of Wintry Mix is supported by Mount Snow, Vermont. Mount Snow is currently seeking to fill a number of positions during fall 2015, including a marketing director and communications PR manager. Have a passion for the ski industry? You should if you're listening to Wintry Mix, along with a marketing background. Looking to change careers? You can work at the home of Terrain Parks voted number one in the East. Mount Snow wants to hear from you. Visit mountsnow.com for more details. I hope he doesn't have to spin again, but he does. Spin it again, a bit more gently, perhaps. Go ahead. All right, and we are back here on Wintry Mix. My name is Alex Kaufman. We are recording to you live from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and on the phone very, very far away from us, in Kenya is Jen Gorecki, and I want to play a little bit of sound for you before we get started to give you an idea as to why she is there. Zawadisha is a grassroots micro-lending organization working exclusively with women. We arm them with access to capital and the life-saving tools they need to lift themselves out of poverty. Wow, your work in Kenya, it sort of makes me feel a little bit lazy about what I've done with my life. Um, can you give us a little bit of a feeling, because most of our audience has probably never been to Kenya, and I have never talked to anybody who happens to be sitting in Kenya, about uh, where you are right now, you know, what's the community like? Um, you know, give us a little bit of a feel of uh, your environment right now. 
Absolutely. I'm in a very rural community about eight hours south of Nairobi, which is the capital city. And uh, this area is near the coast, um, quite warm, humid, um, and most people here make a living by farming. But unfortunately, with climate change, it doesn't rain the way that it used to, and so they're struggling quite a bit to make a living. So the work that we're doing here um, is to work with local women's groups to help support them in being more sustainable um, and just have, uh, you know, in, increase their life, their livelihoods um, under such difficult circumstances. How did you get started in that venture? I was in Kenya doing research for my, my graduate degree. And the first time I came here, I fell in love with Kenya and knew that it would be a place that I would spend a lot of my, my life in and dedicate a lot of my, my energy toward. Uh, so I was here doing uh, the research and have been visiting now uh, or working here for the last 10, 10 years now. Well, you've skied in Kenya as well, but I do want to return to that later. Uh, we've had you on Wintry Mix to talk women's ski and snowboard equipment and your company, Coalition Snow. And uh, I have a bit of sound for the audience uh, to get us started, give them an idea. So um, let's listen to this. There are 8 million women in the United States who spend more than $1 billion a year on snow sports related gear, and their needs aren't being met. In an industry where outdated stereotypes of women prevail, we are presented with substandard gear that compromises performance, hinders advancement, and does not meet the demands of the advanced female skier and rider. Until now. <laughs> we are Coalition Snow, and we make women's skis and snowboards that don't suck. <laughs> so my first question is, uh, what is sucky about mainstream women's ski and snowboard gear? Uh, I think that uh, any woman who's ever been on skis or boards um, that are designed for women find them to be really short and really soft, or maybe there's just been some pretty pink top sheet slapped on something that really doesn't meet, like doesn't really ski the way we want it to ski, but um, primarily just being short and, and soft. And then tell us how yours is uh, different from that. Well, we've been designing skis and snowboards exclusively for women who are on the more advanced to expert side. So we work with women to create the, the designs. Um, and I think that that's, you know, from inception, that makes us fundamentally different from other comp companies. Um, we start with women, we ask them what they want, we listen, and we integrate their preferences into our, our, our design. So you'll find that our skis and our boards are definitely differ. Um, and I think that we're really, that we have some really good sizes um, that you may not find for other women's gear. And what's the, the kind of state of the state of Coalition Snow from a business standpoint? Um, you know, are you growing a base of support? How, how old are you and, and what kind of products are, are you moving currently? This is our, our second year of having skis and boards available to the public. We spent our first year prototyping and testing and even seeing if the idea of a company where women were making high-performance skis and boards for other women, if that even resonated. So we started our first year with that. Last year was our initial year of offering skis and boards. And now that we're in our second year, we've increased our offerings by adding additional shapes, adding additional sizes, 
and um, we're we're definitely new. You know, this is our our second year. We're we're infants in the industry, and uh, really hoping that we have uh, a lot of snow this this winter, and that that helps us um, actually have a third year next year. In launching a business from scratch like this, who's been your most kind of surprising ally? Who's helped you out as far as getting the business launched you really didn't expect? Anybody? I would say that I wasn't expecting so much support from men as we've actually received. So we've had a lot of people step up and offer to help us navigate through this indus- through the industry, which it's, it's difficult, um, you know, both, both being women doing something that hasn't been done before in the industry, but also um, just being, being new to it. Um, we've really needed some help to navigate it, and we've had a number of people who, who are pretty skilled in it who've stepped forward and, and helped co- coach us and, and mentor us. And I noticed that Coalition Snow has launched both skis and snowboards um, simultaneously. Is that something that, you know, if you had to do over again, would you do it the same way? Uh, it seems like launching one or the other might have been, I guess, easier, but you guys chose to do both. Uh, why'd you do that? That's a great question. I mean, we, we launched both because our team skis and rides. So we really, you know, because we're not all skiers or all riders, we thought that we wanted to have, have both. I mean, it's, I would say it's easier. We're finding it. We're finding that there's more support from the skier side. Uh, it's definitely more difficult for us right now with the snowboards, but we're hoping that that changes over time. But um, you know, we just really wanted to be able to cater uh, to both skiers and riders and not exclusively focus on on one. But I think time will tell on how successful that model is and um, whether or not that's something that we continue to do into the future. And I've got a couple questions that have been submitted by some of our internet audience. Um, at Rip All Day uh, on Instagram asks, uh, are there female ski and snowboard engineers at the big companies? So I guess, you know, another way to put that is, are you aware of, um, you know, actual women high up in, in some of the larger companies that are actually contributing to the design like your company is? My understanding of that is that there's there are women who are being engaged in the design process, but that they're not at high levels in any of the, the companies. So at the end of the day, the majority, you know, almost every single ski and board company in the world, the entire executive team are men and men are making the decisions, which there's nothing wrong with men. It's just that Women and men think differently. We want different things. We're just different people. And different is, is fine. There's no problem with being different. But if you are trying to promote women and sort of advance them into the sport, you really need to do more than just have women, um, you know, within the company. You need to have them in, in high levels of leadership. And so we don't uh, – there's a handful of companies that do, but it's definitely not the, the norm. And one other question uh, from the internet, uh, from Twitter, B. Miltonberg. Uh, is women's gear designed for women's skiers or the women's market? Good question. Um, we're currently focusing on women's skiers. So if you look at the way that we've designed our company, we have an ambassador team, an amateur team. So we have, um, you know, close to 50 women who are constantly giving us feedback on what they want in their skis and, and boards. So we're designing specifically toward them. 
Now, the market, when, when you look at the, the market, the market isn't only advanced skiers and, and riders. You have a really diverse range of women within that market. And I would say that some of the other companies are doing a great job of addressing some of the part of the spectrum of women skiers. And where Coalition Snow comes in is that we're actually targeting a different demographic that we believe hasn't been really focused on because of this general perspective that most women lack the skill or the strength or the drive to ski as hard as, as men. So there hasn't been a lot of R&D put into designing skis and boards at that, at that level. So we're really focusing on specifically designing for women there, um, which does not address the entire market by, by any means. If someone wants to try your equipment, um, is that possible? How do they do that? Absolutely. We'll, some of our ambassadors across the country will have demo sets that will be made um, available for, for free for people to try out, and we'll be listing those on our website in the coming weeks. And then we also have demos um, at our co-working space, The Mill which is at the base of Alpine Meadows, and you can send us an email, and we'd be happy to get you on, on a pair. So speaking of actually skiing on the gear um, and taking us back to where you are right now in Kenya, you've skied in Kenya on your gear, and I kind of want to hear about, you know, that sounds like an expedition. I've never skied in a place like that on a glacier. Um, walk us through what it's like to actually ski in Kenya. Absolutely. Well, the, the first time that I had hiked Mount Kenya, um, I'd seen this beautiful glacier that I thought, that's just, I really want to ski that. <laughs> I really want to be on that. So when it came time to launch the company, I thought that there wouldn't be a better opportunity than to try out our skis and boards on this glacier. So we, um, we had about 8,000 feet elevation gain, um, and we had, you know, carried up our packs, um, sleeping bags, everything. We, we stayed in huts. Um, there's a hut system on the mountain. Um, carried our, our gear up. Took about three days to get up to the top. Um, the summit we were going for is about 16,500 feet. And then from there, uh, we ended up strapping on our crampons and uh, making our way up the glacier. It's been receding quite a bit, so we didn't get the really long lines that we were hoping for, but it was definitely an adventure. Um, never in my life would I have thought that I would have skied a glacier on the continent of Africa, but surprisingly, the snow was pretty good. I, I was expecting boilerplate conditions, but the snow was, was nice and um, just had a lovely time, and uh, it was challenging for sure because I've never been at 16,000 feet <laughs> trying to ski, but uh, definitely see myself hopefully doing it again in the future as long as there's snow on the glacier. And I, I would suppose that skiing an African glacier is, is a bit of a, of a climate change experience. And, and you use a term on your blog, on your website that jumped out at me um, of ecological irony. Um, and that really spoke to me um, from some of my, uh, I guess, uh, struggles with, you know, how to be a skier in a climate change environment. And if you can you speak a little bit towards, you know, what you mean by ecological irony, even if it's not your term uh, specifically? It's, it's this idea that as skiers and riders, we are 
so dependent upon the environment to essentially fuel our recreation, our passions, and for many of us, our livelihood. And within, at, at the same time, like our absolute love and passion for the sport is actually contributing to climate change because of the amount that we drive in our cars and we, we fly and, and just all of the carbon emissions that result from our act, activities. And, and granted, you can't blame the ski industry for causing climate change, but at the end of the day, every person plays a part in what's happening in the world today. And so there's this irony that we're actively destroying the very thing that brings us the greatest joy. And it's quite difficult to wrestle with. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those, those people who I drive to the mountain and I take a chairlift up and I've been heli skiing and I've, I've flown. So I'm not, I'm not immune to this and I'm definitely not, um, you know, I have to take, I have to really take a close look at how I operate and even how our, our company operates. But I think that it's important to recognize that these are issues and that as a, as a community, um, we definitely could have authentic, deeper conversations about what's going on and, and look at ways where we can actually start addressing climate change. Because it is, um, you know, where I'm at today, like literally where I'm sitting right now, these people are on the forefront of, of climate change, and it is significantly impacting their lives. And I think for a lot of us in North America, especially where I'm in, in, in Lake Tahoe, we've, we're on the fourth, hopefully not the fifth year of, of a drought, but we're just starting to understand what it means to have your entire life in, impacted in a significantly ne- negative way. So I just think we need to be more honest and authentic about what's actually going on and the decisions that that, that we make. Well, that's uh, that, that's that's well said. Um, let's switch now from climate to weather. Um, I presume you're headed back to Tahoe here in the next few months um, and you need some snow. Are you buying the El Nino hype? <laughs> oh, I, you know, the, the, the <laughs> I, I wish I wish that I could, you know, I will believe it when I see it. So we're in a, an interesting, like a very um, interesting lo- location in the Sierra where we could get hammered, we could have all rain, or El Nino could miss us um, completely. So the, the hopeful part of me says, yeah, I really hope that we get snow because it would make my winter so much more in- enjoyable and it would be better for the, the, the company. But, you know, Hoping, but hope doesn't really get you that far. So we'll just have to see what actually happens. Well, one thing I know for sure is that it will rain on the East Coast a bit this winter. Um, do you think your skis would do well on some of the East Coast hard pack? Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. Um, last year, we were prototyping a ski that um, it's a new free, freestyle ski that we have. It's just like a little sports car um, on the hard, hard pack. And so... We were thinking to ourselves, we're like, oh, this would be a great ski for the East Coast. And then uh, the East Coast got just hammered with snow, and we got nothing. And so we were, you know, that ski ended up being the perfect ski for us, and really our, our powder ski would have been perfect for the East, East Coast. But we're at a stage now with the company that we definitely have um, skis and boards that are, like, that can be used in any condition. So depending on whether you need that powder ski or you need that ski for the, the groomer or, or, or the park, like we, we have it there now. And give us that uh, website shout-out before we let you go. Yeah, it's coalitionsnow.com. 
Jen Gorecki, that was uh, fantastic and informative. We really appreciate your time uh, from Kenya, of all places, and um, we look forward to seeing you out there on the mountains uh, this winter. My pleasure. Thank you very much. The planet isn't going anywhere. We are. We're going away. Pack your shit, folks. We're going away. kind of lazy about my life after having talked to Jen. She is just doing more amazing things than I may ever do and going more amazing places. Drew, have you ever been out of the country? Yeah, I went down to Belize one time, spent some time in the uh, rainforest, and then some other time out in the Atlantic on Southwater Cay. Anywhere else you'd like to go? You haven't been? I want to travel to uh, BC. I think Costa Rica would also be pretty sweet. And let's bring Megan, uh, our new intern. This is Drew's last show. We're going to have Megan Elmaker starting with us soon. Megan, have you ever been uh, overseas? Um, yeah, I went to London this summer. Anywhere else you'd like to go? I really want to go to Japan. Yeah, I'd like to go there too. Are you skiing on women-specific skis? What, what kind of skis are you on? Um, right now I'm skiing men's skis because women's skis have never really made the cut. I'm on factions right now, but after listening to this, I might might have to make the switch over to Coalition. Yeah, you sound like a perfect candidate. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that was episode five. Wintry Mix is recorded at the studios of Vermont Public Radio in Colchester. Uh, This episode of Wintry Mix was supported by Mount Snow, Vermont, hiring for a variety of seasonal and year-round positions, including the marketing department. Visit mountsnow.com for more information. I'm your host, Alex Kaufman. Our intern for episodes one through five was Drew Foley of Linden State College. Uh, Farewell, Drew. And we're pleased to welcome Megan Elmaker of the University of Vermont. Our producer is Angela Evansy, and our theme music is by Adam Levy. Thank you very much, guys. Did I miss anything that's yeah. key in there? What did I miss? What did I forget to say? The facts. Oh, we skipped the facts. No, 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 no. One more.